listeners to Myths and Movies. Um, my lovely co-host could not make it today, so it's just going to be me. Um, I hope to entertain you and maybe help you learn a little something. Um, so I want to thank you guys for joining us as we dive into our favorite movies and learn about fairies, trolls, folklore, monsters, and more. This week, we're going back, way back, to ancient history and we're going to be talking about a, um, well, I wouldn't say a much loved character, but maybe infamous. We've been doing a lot of fairy tales lately, so I thought it'd be fun to do um, a mythical monster and uh, learn a little something about him. So what mythical monster are we doing? Cyclops. So I have been really interested in Cyclops for a long time. I read the Odyssey when I was in high school. And of course, you know, I feel like that's standard issue reading. So we learned about him. And then there's also a book by Clive Cussler where one of the characters um, is sort of dropped off on a remote beach. And it turns out that the island is actually infested with um, a race called the Cyclops. So this character has to, you know, run away and then he finds out there's a magical plant that will keep you from dying something something anyway it was pretty interesting um so i thought we would talk about his origins today so listeners are you ready for the campfire tale once upon a time there was a man named odysseus he embarked on an epic excursion with a crew of his finest men they landed on a small island and explored while exploring they found a cave filled with food and drink Odysseus and his men ate to their heart's content, but when they were finished, they heard a dull roar. A mammoth monster stood in the doorway. He was enormous with barrel-like arms and one eye in the middle of his forehead. In his anger, the monster grabbed one of the men, shoved him in his mouth, and ate him all up. He locked the door behind him and then fell asleep. Odysseus came up with a plan while the monster slept. Odysseus sat and drank with the monster. The monster agreed, and they chugged back bottles of wine. The monster asked Odysseus for his name, and Odysseus replied, No man. The monster finally toppled over when he had enough to drink. While he slept, Odysseus and his men sharpened a stick and plunged it right through the monster's eye. The monster roared, but eventually fell asleep again. The next morning, he opened the door for the cave to tend to his sheep. Odysseus and his men ran like hell while the monster bellowed. The other monster on the island demanded who had done this to him, and the monster replied, No man. Odysseus sailed away with a dozen of the monster's sheep. As he sailed, the monster threw rocks at him, and you can still see those rocks in the ocean today. They formed little islands. And of course, our hero Odysseus got away. The end. (laughs) Okay, so it's a great story, right? Odysseus and his men, they go on this big adventure to the greek islands they're very hungry so they're looking for food they're looking for a place to stay they find this nice little cave and it turns out that it's inhabited by a big old monster so if you're listening to this um you might be thinking that odysseus comes across kind of a jerk in that story after all the monster guy was just minding his own business he was tending his sheep he wasn't bothering anybody and it was odysseus who started the whole thing. Um, I think that's a valid point. <laughs> um, this happens a lot where, where people are minding their own business and Odysseus just sort of stomps in and causes chaos. And then has the gall to be upset by a monster 
when it does its monster thing. So, you know, Odysseus is a flawed character. I actually read a novel about Circe and the it was basically her perspective of what happened when Odysseus came to town. And it's really interesting. And you sort of read the novel from her perspective and you kind of think, oh, okay, Odysseus is the worst. Like that makes total sense to me. Um, now I'm not defending the monster. A monster shouldn't have eaten them, but I'm just saying if there is a cave that is perfectly appointed with a ton of food in it, maybe somebody lives there. Uh, maybe you want to do a little double check. I, that's just my opinion. He probably thought he could talk his way out of anything. He did that constantly. He talked Athena into helping him gain safe passage. He talked Circe into helping him on and on and on. Uh, but it's, you know, you're not talking to a monster. You're talking to, or you're not talking to Athena. You're talking to a monster. Although you could make an argument that Athena is just as bad as a monster. I mean, she's very scary and she's very vengeful. Um, the, I would imagine that Cyclops is probably not that vengeful. I did a little research and I found some interesting paintings. So while we're talking about the monster and his features, one thing I thought was interesting I did a lot of research and I'm, I'm so familiar with Cyclops just having one eye. And in the research I did, I found a bunch of paintings where he has one, two, or three eyes. To me, his definitive characteristic is that he has only one eye. Apparently in the Odyssey, so apparently Odysseus never actually says one eye. He says one eye in the middle of his forehead. So that could mean two eyes like a regular person and then a third one in the middle which totally blows my mind because i always thought of the cyclops having one eye to me that was their definitive characteristic so let's learn a little bit more about the cyclops on the island that odysseus finds so homer the author of the odyssey he explains that the island is inhabited by people plus several cyclopses so we know that there's more than one. And um, the one that Odysseus finds is actually a pretty important one because he is the son of Poseidon. In a later play, Euripides says that all of the Cyclops are the sons of Poseidon, which is really interesting. And I did not think of it that way. What's interesting to me about Greek mythology is that just because you are... A, a humanoid god of the sea like Poseidon, it does not mean that you're going to have children identical to you. Um, this happens a lot where a humanoid type god, someone, a god that resembles a human, um, they might give birth to an eagle, like a half eagle, half man. They give birth to all sorts of strange creatures. So it's really not um, the same as when a human gives birth and they expect to see something that looks like a human. Not always that doesn't always happen in Greek mythology. So very exciting there. Uh, apparently the Cyclops, I always thought of it as one particular monster, but apparently it is a race of people. It, there's multiple Cyclopses. We first get the first defining characteristics of the Cyclops from Odysseus. But Euripides is really the one who flushes out all of the characteristics of the race of Cyclops. Euripides goes on to say that the Cyclopses live in caves and they work as shepherds. They do not farm. Um, they live on cheese and meat. 
and they are inhospitable to strangers, which is a point that is made very clear when Odysseus comes to town. They also, um, Homer doesn't say specifically say what island they live on, but Euripides says it is on the island of Sicily. So um, in my mind, apparently my uneducated mind, um, the Odyssey was the definitive story of the Cyclopses, but there's actually another one. And in this version, Cyclops are composed of three brothers. They are the sons of Uranus, Sky, and Gaia, Earth. Their names translate to thunder, lightning, and flash, which is amazing um, and should definitely be a Broadway. If your name is Flash, you should definitely be a Broadway actor or maybe the son of Usain Bolt, either way. Um, so this is a Greek story and it's very interesting and they, they sort of give a little bit more information and um, they talk about how the Cyclopses are master craftsmen and they make lots of things. They're very powerful unlike the shouting monster in the Odyssey. And for instance, they make Zeus's lightning bolt. They are the ones that forge the bolt and give it all the power. Zeus uses it to overthrow Cronus and the other Titans. What's interesting is that the uh, Cyclopses are supposed to be the sons of Poseidon, but somehow they provide Poseidon with his trident. Maybe um, Poseidon didn't get the trident until later in his life. He needed his sons to grow up and become master forgers. He also provides Hades with his cap of invisibility, which I thought was pretty cool. That'd be very difficult to forge, so good for them. And all of these tools are the ones that the gods use to eventually fight the Titans and succeed. So you would think that because the Cyclops forge all these amazing weapons that the gods would be incredibly happy, including Zeus, that he would be eternally grateful. Well, if you think that, you don't know a lot about Zeus because he is the worst person. I'm pretty, the more I learn about him, the more I think, yep, you're the worst. You're the absolute worst. You should be on Tinder talking about how you only want to get together um, late at night and you're only really interested in hooking up. Sorry, I've just been on a lot. I've been on a lot of dating apps in the past week, and I cannot hear one more guy talk about his penis. I can't do it. Can't, 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 can't. Anyway, that would be Zeus, though, right? He would be talking about how great his penis is, and he would be trying to get it out so that he could measure it against his lightning bolt. I mean, come on, he's gonna do it. Um. Anyway, their association with Zeus actually gets them killed. Um, Apollo's son is killed by Zeus's thunderbolt, so Apollo seeks revenge and kills them, which is so, you should kill Zeus. You shouldn't kill the person that made the thing, I, made the weapon, doesn't make any sense. Um, although there's another story where Zeus kills them so they can never make a weapon again and he will never be usurped. It, although there's another story which makes way more sense to me in which Zeus kills them so that they can never make a better weapon than his lightning bolt. And then that way he will be king forever, which is such a Zeus move. Man, you are the absolute worst. So are these characters based on anything? Great question. So they're essentially blacksmiths with superhuman strength which honestly sounds like a regular old blacksmith to me. If you've ever seen a YouTube video with these guys, they just have these massive bulging muscles and you think, yeah, you could pick me up and carry me like a fairy princess. That would be wonderful. 
it's interesting. Blacksmithing has always, well, I don't know always, but in a lot of different cultures, we talked about this in Africa with the um, Jewish population there, that blacksmithing was considered other. You were considered an outsider. And um, they did because they didn't work in the fields and they were a very insular group because they were trying to protect that ability they had to make money and that skill. They wanted to pass it on to their sons. They didn't want other people learning it. So they were sort of protecting themselves. So they became a very insular group. So that's sort of what um, it, it kind of seems like a Cyclops would rise from that because, again, the Cyclops is very insular. It's very you know, apart from other people and very inhospitable. And that could definitely be likened to a group like the blacksmithers. Okay. So we're going to move on from the blacksmithing to their physical features. And one of their physical features, like I talked about earlier, the one eye thing. So I'm fascinated by this. Now I said earlier that it's not always one eye, that that's um, something that's sort of maybe been mistranslated. That's something that has dominated the way they look for, you know, ever since Odysseus, I would say. So where do we get this whole one eye thing? It's possible that this was found from some unusual skulls that the Greeks found um, on their islands. So so you're going to have to bear with me a little bit because it gets a little bit in the weeds, but I, I promise I'll bring it all around. Okay, so elephants, they have unusual skulls. And we know that elephants go back 18 million years to Europe. So they were definitely around. The Greeks definitely would have seen them. Now, there's one particular elephant called Dinotherium. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, you can yell at me on Twitter for it. I will post the image on Instagram um, and Twitter. So this um, elephant sort of looks like... He does look like an elephant, but he's got this little thing, like almost like a soul patch that's made out of cartilage. You'll have to see it. Um, it's it's You can definitely tell that it's an ancestor of an elephant. Anyway, these elephants, they are in the elephant family and they are long extinct. So don't worry about seeing them, but they're absolutely massive. They're probably twice as heavy as African elephants, which is amazing because African elephants are so, so big. So the elephants that the Greeks would have seen would have probably been a smaller version of this Dinotherium, not an African elephant lookalike that we're used to seeing today. Um, that's that's what the fossil record shows. So there's one particular variety of Dinotherium that is about the size of a swan. Now you're probably wondering, um, why would it be so small? Why wouldn't they have big African elephants? I'm going to tell you a little something about biology. There is this thing called the Foster's Rule. On isolated islands, there's often a lack of predators. So animals like rodents become large, and the reverse is true too. The large elephants um, or other big mammals, they become smaller because resources are so scarce. With the big elephants running around, there's a group of smaller animals that developed and thrived and became these smaller little elephants. There's a bunch of elephant skulls that were found in caves, just like in um, the Odysseus, um, just like in the Odyssey when he talks about how the Cyclops lives in a cave. That's where they found them. And all of these skulls had an unusual property. And that's, I will post this on Instagram so you can see for yourself, but there is a giant hole in the middle of the head. And you probably are thinking, oh, well, that would obviously be for the trunk. That wouldn't be for like a second eye. 
But it's very easy to think that when you've actually seen elephants and it's possible that these these um, animals had already gone extinct. So they had no reference point for them. And they just thought, why is there a big hole in the middle of the skull? Like, obviously, it's a monster and obviously it would be an eyeball. I mean, if you saw this enormous skull, what would you think? I I would probably think it was an eye, too. I mean, it doesn't look nose-like. It looks like, oh, there should be a big eye there. Anyway, so Cyclops is a bigger deal in Greek mythology than you thought, or maybe it was just me. I didn't think it was a big deal. There are several other mythologies that feature it, too, including it's featured in 1001 Arabian Nights. Does Alibaba just um, have a fist fight with a Cyclops? No. What actually happens is that there's a collection of Arabian folktales featuring a Cyclops-type monster. He's similar to the Cyclops in Greek folklore, and he is called Polyphemus, which is not nearly as catchy as a Cyclops. Or maybe it's just not as well known. I feel like whenever you've got a Latin name, it always just sort of, it never seems to roll off the tongue. It just seems more complicated. I'll post a photo of the creature, and you can see that... He looks exactly like a cyclops, but he has these big, giant, elephant-like flappy ears. So um, for you listeners out there, I've got a quote that will totally explain what he looks like. He is a huge creature in the likeness of a man, black of color, with eyes like coals of fire, and eye teeth like a boar's tusk, and a vast big gape like the mouth of a well. Moreover, he had long, loose lips like camels hanging down upon his breast and ears like two jarms falling over his shoulder blades and the nails of his hand were like the claws of a lion. So maybe you're like me and you have a giant question. What is a jarm? So I have not a clue, listeners. I scoured the internet high and low and I found nothing. So if you are very smart and better at Googling than me, please let me know. I have no idea what a jarm is. We can tell from that description that a polyphemus, aka the Cyclops, is not a pretty gal. Not the prettiest gal at the dance. And a very intimidating monster. What is the difference between a polyphemus and a Cyclops? Great question. And what's interesting is I got the, I got an excellent quote from the Washington Post. And the quote goes something like this. The polyphemus, after all, is a sort of evil superpower, a stupid creature of great brute force who respects no laws or gods and devours human flesh, whereas Ulysses is crafty, devious, slippery, uncatchable, and dangerous. So we can see that the Cyclops and the Polyphemus, they're very, very similar, if not identical. They're just from different places. And like I talk about all the time, folklore starts out in one place and then it gets swirled around in another place. And then people like that. So they borrow pieces of it for another story. And it just sort of all swirls together. And you really can't tell where one ends and one begins. So um, let's talk about the Polyphemus specifically. Now, this character, he appears in the story of Sinbad the Sailor. Sinbad goes on seven magical voyages. In the third voyage, he meets the monster. He and his crew wash up on an island and the Cyclops is not pleased. So this sounds exactly the same as the story with Ho- that Homer told about the Cyclops and Odysseus. 
but the details are a little bit different. So this guy, the Polyphemus, he demands food. He wants 500 sheep and two people a day. So 500 sheep is a ton of sheep. I don't know where you would even get that many. And how on earth would he possibly eat that much? I'm Right now I'm getting an image of Joey from Friends when he eats too much on Thanksgiving Day and then he starts talking about getting the meat sweats. Yes. I think Cyclops would definitely get the meat sweats. No idea how he's going to eat that much, but he wants it, which sounds like every consumer in history. I don't know what that is, but I want it. Anyway, the man band together and they blind him with a wooden stick. And I've got a picture for you. And in this picture, he sort of looks like Pennywise, the clown with like these great big bear teeth, but he's bald and very, very scary looking. I'll post it on Instagram so you can see the horror for yourself. And he is very monstrous. So um, the question of which came first, the Cyclops or the Poly or Polyphemus? Um, I know I keep saying that they're basically the same character. And so I kind of wanted to figure out which um, which character came first, if Cyclops did or Polyphemus or basically it's a chicken or the egg situation. Who came first? Well, it's very difficult to say, but most likely... And this is what I found according to my research, the Odyssey came first. But listeners, if you know differently, I would love to know. Just make sure you have the evidence to back it up. Nothing of this, I know because I read it once upon a time. No, I want the actual, actual evidence. And you guys know our Twitter handle because I say it all the time. Did you know that the Cyclops actually makes an appearance with the Grimm's Brothers? They published a collection where they put together a bunch of stories and they were all different versions of the Cyclops, which I think is fascinating. If I could find one of those copies, I would love to read it. And there's another German guy who did folk tales, which I did not realize. I thought it was the Grimm's Brothers or none at all. The Grimm's Brothers are German folk tales to me. Anyway, this guy, he was an overachiever and he put together 221 different versions. So there's a lot happening. Um, basically, the story is just retold and retold. Each story, each storyteller making it slightly different based on what they like, which kind of sounds like I'm not sure if I would want to read all 221 if they're all slightly different, but essentially the same. Now that we've talked about the Cyclops slash Polyphemus of the ancient world, I thought it would be fun if we talked about the Greek monster and how he's evolved into our modern day culture and how he is represented now. So just as the Cyclops evolved in the 12th century, he's evolved in a modern sense too. He's appeared in a lot of different movies. He appears in Wrath of the Titans, Hercules, Percy Jackson, and my favorite, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, which is a modern day Odysseus tale. And we've got John Goodman wearing an eye patch and he uh, plays the Cyclops, which is great. There's also a version of the Cyclops in X-Men and it's James Marsden who's wearing these really ultra modern sunglasses, which I'm pretty sure I've seen Kim Kardashian wear lately. And of course, because it's James Marsden, he looks so gosh darn handsome. Just love him to death. My favorite version of the Cyclops is not a monster. Well, he's a monster, but he's not a baddie. He, um, this one is Mike from Monsters, Inc. 
you know, Mike Wazowski. I love him. Well, basically, I think I love him because he's Billy Crystal and he's just so funny. Um, most people don't think of him as a Cyclops, but he definitely fits the characteristics. He has one eye and he is slightly monstrous. So in the course of my research, um, it's, it's kind of made obvious that now in the modern culture, a Cyclops is no longer a monster. His only definitive characteristic is that he has one eye. So why is he no longer a monster? Well, probably because of the original portrayal of the monster. So in the Greek myth, he's an oafish, easily defeatable guy. You just pass him the wine and you wait until he passes out. I'm not saying he's not scary, but I'm saying that he's relatively easy to defeat. The monsters are always based in what the culture fears. So if the culture is scared of a big scary man that's sort of lumbering and physically very strong, then that's the monster that's going to appear. You know, now we're not so scared of those guys because we have bigger threats. Um, it's not big scary animals running around that we're afraid of anymore. It's your neighbor who kills his wife because if anyone has ever watched Dateline, you know that that happens almost constantly. So that's the true monster, is your neighbor. You're welcome, America. I just made you feel so much better about your life. Um, anyway, I've got some more fun facts. We're almost done. Don't worry. This has been a short one. I hope I hope to keep it short and sweet, but you know how I am. I, I just can't stop talking. Um, some more fun facts. Okay. Cyclops means round eye in Greek. So remember earlier when I was talking about the brothers Cyclops and how they forged a lightning bolt for Zeus, and they also made a cap of invisibility for Hades. Well, apparently they also helped Artemis out, and they made a bow, and they also made arrows of moonlight for him to use with his bow, which is possibly the most romantic image I have ever heard of, and I'm shocked that I haven't heard it in mo more poetry, because it's such a delicious image. Oh, my favorite fact, there is a fable that says the Cyclops made a deal with Hades, which centered on trading an eye for the ability to see the future. Hades consented to removing an eye and allowed the Cyclops to be able to foretell the day of their death. So um, you're probably wondering, well, did that work? Were they able to stave off death? Um, the end of the story doesn't really say. It's sort of unclear, which is unfortunate because I think it's, it sounds like a great story. And I kind of wish it was told more. Um, so that brings us to the end of our lovely episode. As always, if you want to support the show, we've got fun stuff over on Patreon. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter for more updates or what we're doing next. And those links will also be in the show notes just to make it easy for everybody. Most importantly, please hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review. We could sure use it. And since we have the best fans in the world, we know that you'll definitely hit that button. Um, and goodbye. 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 <laughs>